The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and there you're going to find two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you miss that, you can catch it up until 3 o'clock Eastern today. Uh, at which time he'll be live in that area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on that. Uh, blow it up on whatever your device you've got there. Look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat over there on Rumble. We've got a lot of friends over there. By the way, guys, uh, just for the radio audience and for the viewing audience, uh, Rumble's acting up again. I, I don't know what it is. When you become a publicly traded company... The kind of stuff that we're dealing with right now, you shouldn't be experiencing. You should be doing updates on a different platform that's not live. <laughs> Who is doing that um, over there at Rumble? You guys, you, you really need to do that. You've got a good product. Quit messing it up by making your changes while it's live. Make them on a platform where it's not live. Fix it, then implement it. Oh, this is ridiculous sometimes. So I apologize that we were late getting started. This is why the pre-show music ran in on the radio. I do apologize. Very unprofessional. I get it. Um, but you realize that I'm a one-man band here. I got kind of my <laughs> one foot on the switch, another foot on the switch, both hands on the switch, trying to push something with my nose. I don't know. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So I do apologize for uh, how things worked out this morning. But here we are. Okay. Um we also uh, are streaming live to Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And then we're also streaming live over on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. We thank those guys for giving us a platform as well. While you're at SonsLibertyMedia.com, just go right up under where we're streaming live, or depending on how your layout is, it might be to the right side of the page. Um, there's a place where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Please do that. You get all of our articles for the day, including the morning show archive, all the stuff that we're going to talk about, the articles, the Bible passages, all that kind of stuff, 
All that will be in there. So be sure to check that out, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And finally, uh, by the way, if you want our ministry email, sonsoflibertyradio.com front page, you can sign up for that once a week on Saturday. Okay. If you agree with our message, you'd like to keep us out there doing what we're doing on radio, internet, and the, among the 50 states and the people teaching Christian constitutional heritage, you can do that by going to sonsoflibertymedia.com, clicking on the donate button and making a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. And we do appreciate you guys very, very much. Now, I know, I know, I know that some people are just caught up in the Donald Trump circus that went on yesterday. And I want some of it just to kind of see what are they going to bring out about him now. And of course, this has nothing to do with the January 6th stuff. Remember, he was the guy that uh, he was leading the quote unquote coup, the insurrection. He's a, nothing happened to him. But he's the guy who is, uh, I mean, what the media and his alleged political adversaries say is that he's leading the insurrection. He led the coup. He was the one who said, hey, after this, we're going down to the Capitol bill. Now I'm going to go with you. That's what he told you people who support him. Just like he told you he was going to make America great again. Just like he told you he was going to deal with the corrupt politicians like Hillary Clinton. Did he do it? Nope. Checked out on you. Let you guys take the fall. And by the way, several Capitol Police are dead. Several of his supporters have been suicided. Many of them still remain in jail. But he wants you to come out and protest his arrest. His, these charges. So what I want to do is, I, I, I kind of want you to see what's going on. If you're new to the Sons of Liberty, look, we treat R's and D's the same. And most of the time, we don't have to deal with Democrats a lot. Well, that's not true. We, we do have to deal with them. But we don't have to convince people <laughs> that a lot of what we see that comes from that party is wicked, that it's evil, and that it's lawless. We don't have to do that. It's just not a, you've got enough con quote-unquote conservative talking heads doing that for you. You already agree with that. Now, we can come along with stories sometimes, we do, and we do that. But the harder job is to convince you that the guys that are sold to you as the good guys, the Republicans, are in fact good. I mean, the harder job is to dissuade you from that, to point out how lawless that many of them are as well. And Donald Trump's no different. Everybody thinks, oh, the media is going after it. The media is the one who is the only reason you know his name. You would not know Donald Trump were it not for the Mockingbird media. You wouldn't know him. If it were not for Oprah, wasn't for Phil Donahue. I know some people, if they're younger, they don't even know who Phil Donahue is. Um, is he still around? I, I don't know. You've got, all, you've got all those. You've got the Simpsons. You've got the movies. You've got television. All of these people love Donald Trump. Until 2016. Now, why is that? Stop and ask yourself, well, they didn't like his conservative. Was he really conservative? I mean, there are things, look, there are things about Donald Trump that we know from history, from his history, that, um, you know, he was a guy, yeah, he, done, he did some good things for some people. No question about that. I don't, I don't question that. 
there's there's no doubt of of how he grew up and we we see some of the things i know he he got a lot of his money from his daddy and stuff and look that's this is what dad's supposed to, they're supposed to pass on their inheritance and such largely they're supposed to pass on a godly inheritance that's what they're supposed to do but donald trump grew up and he's going he was going to uh, a church that was heavy on nlp or neuro linguistic programming uh, his pastor was norman vincent peel and you remember when we had Kathy O'Brien on, who was in the MK Ultra Operation Monarch program for years, her and her daughter. And she talked about neurolinguistic programming being in that. So now we've got him. We finally got him. He went into court. We find out that he's got 34 counts against him, charges of, you know, not being honest in. Uh, the paperwork that's filed to the state of New York regarding his business dealings. And now we've got his attorney who came out on Monday. Here's where the WWE stuff goes. Okay. Here's where the WWE stuff goes. This is one of his attorneys. Uh, her name is uh, Alina Haba. I, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Alina Haba. And I want you to listen to how she's going to bat it back against the district attorney there, Alvin Bragg. Listen to what she has to say in case you didn't hear this. Former president, and do you, do the legal team, uh, do they, the unsealing of the document, do you support that? Does he support that? I mean, I think it will happen no matter what. I would like to see what the basis is for this. Let's remember that the real crime here that we have is that D.A. Bragg did leak that there were 30 to 34 counts. We already know that that in itself is a felony. You are not to let that go. So uh, at this point, I mean, and, and I like Alina, everybody we in this don't country know to be the, treated the, the same no matter the who DJ, you are. We don't know if, if the D.A. leaked that information. That is speculation. Well, we don't have that information, so... Well, it's not speculation. We don't have the information. So it came from their office. All right. And remember, Don Don Lemon is a open sodomite uh, who has attacked other men. He's been accused of attacking other men who are not sodomites. Um, and so keep that in mind about this guy and what he's doing. But it's true. Where's the leak going to come from if it's not coming from his office? Where's it coming from? Is it coming from the judges? Maybe it is. Somebody leaked it, and that's a felony. Um, so she's got a good point there. But you see that you see the WWE match setting up. The other part is what most people aren't catching on to, or maybe some people are, and that is this: we were told yesterday through the Mockingbird Media that this thing may not see the inside of a courtroom for eight months. Maybe into next year. Can you believe that we will be already at another presidential speculation <laughs> next year? Yeah. Next year, we're going to have to deal with this circus even more. But we're going to deal with the circus the rest of this year, too, because this is all that's going to be talked about. And you know what? It's going to be a distraction from what they're doing. And I'll tell you what the distraction is for, at least a couple of things. Number one, they are pushing through central bank digital currencies. They're starting the first phase of it in, I think it's June or July. Okay. 
This is going to take over the news. This and probably some other stuff that they're going to throw in the mix. Look at what's going to happen. They're already setting you up to be engaged in the circus. And you know what? A lot of Trump supporters, they were out there yesterday in the thing, and it's fine. You can go do that if that's what you want to do. But Trump was nowhere to be seen for any of these January 6th people who supported him. Why should you continue to go support the guy? Oh, well, well, he's better than Biden. Really? Are you still on that? Because what we're going to talk about in the rest of the show is this transdelusional movement. And yes, I intend on taking the narrative back by taking the words back. There is no transgender. And I've been looking for a word that we could use for that instead of saying a man who thinks he's a woman and wants to dress like a woman or a woman who wants to act like a man and portray herself as a man. Those get long. Let's get to a word. Transdelusional. They're delusional. They're believing the lie that they can actually translate into, uh, a man can translate into the body of a woman. Or the woman can do the same into the body of a man. They can't. doesn't matter how much they mutilate their body. doesn't matter how much hormones they take or how much makeup they put on or how many wigs or what outfits they wear. They can never do that. You just can never do it. In fact, I don't know if you guys, and I think I mentioned this, um, I don't know, a week or so ago. Did you guys see there was a, there was a, and I, let me bring this up because, and you say, what does this have to do with Trump? Because Trump was the one, yes, I know he put the thing through with the, the military and all that was shot down and everything. And he kind of played the part there, but he's the guy who was hosting these reprobates at Mar-a-Lago during his presidency. And since each year for them to celebrate and for them to raise money, he is not against them. He is supporting them. Read the last verse of Romans chapter one. He gives a thumbs up to it. It's okay. And he, 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 he welcomes them into his home. He welcomes them into his resort so they can celebrate, celebrate their perversions. And they can claim they have a right to be perverted and a right to live that way and engage in the behavior that they engage in. It's against natural law. Let's just put it that way. It's against nature. We're going to look at some of that in a little bit. But, but I want you to be aware that the charges here, and I don't know the details. I don't know what he filled out on, on paper and how that fits to the law. But let me tell you this, and if you're a supporter of Donald Trump, just hear me out a second. If this were Joe Biden or Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka, if you don't understand all those names, go put them in one at a time and look it up, okay? If this were either of them, if this were Bill Clinton, the people supporting Donald Trump would say, yeah, he needs to go to jail if he's guilty of doing this. The main thing that I see here, and they say it's not against the law, is the paying of hush money. Now, I saw a letter 
from 2006, where Stormy Daniels said, this, none of this ever happened between me and Donald Trump. So I don't even know why there was a need for hush money, unless there was blackmail going on. Maybe she saw an opportunity for that or whatever, and it kind of came up in a conversation. He says, oh, we need to get this quiet. I mean, he was paying his doorman, too. I don't know, $30,000 or something for something he saw or whatever. There was a lot of stuff he was paying hush money to keep that information from you so he could get in the White House. Stop and think about that for a second. It wasn't just Stormy Daniels. It wasn't just a doorman. There were several payments made to women to keep them quiet, to not talk and tell the media what they were telling about whatever situation is. You go, well, these people were lying. They were, well, then why pay them? Why pay them? If they're lying, why pay them? Why not sue them? Judge Roy Moore did that, didn't he? And he won like an $8 million settlement. Why pay him? Let me ask you something. If you were running for office and you had women coming out and saying those kinds of things, would you pay them to be quiet? Just asking. I'm just asking. And if he will do that in his to, to protect his private life so that he looks better than what he does, I mean, most people know that Donald Trump was a womanizer. May still be. I don't know. But most people know that. They've seen enough video. They've heard enough out of his mouth. I mean, when you sit on Howard Stern and you let Howard Stern talk about your daughter as a great priest of looking at her sec as a sexual object, and you just sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I'd date my daughter if she wasn't my daughter. But you know there's something not right up there. No father's going to sit there and take that. I'm not. And the guys who listen to this show, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't do it either. In fact, Howard's nose probably would have looked something like that <laughs> for saying something like that in front of my daughter and me. It's just foolish. So with that going on, for the next two years, we are going to hear nothing from the conservative media except about this stuff. This is what we're going to hear about. And the Mockingbird media, I'll guarantee you, they drag this stuff up like they did the Russian hoax stuff. And it's all a distraction. Donald Trump's not going to jail. He's not going to go to jail. I mean, if he goes to jail, uh, I don't want to say I'll eat my hat because that wouldn't taste very good. But I'll make a public apology. I, I just don't see him going. I don't see him going to jail. I don't think this is about that at all. And I think both sides are working it. Uh, remember, he is an actor. First and foremost, he's an actor. And if you go back and you watch the interviews with the bankers that bought, uh, the banksters, I call them, who bailed him out in the 90s, one of the things you'll hear from them is they did not see him as a CEO. They saw him as a marketer. In fact, one of them specifically said he is, he's a P.T. Barnum. He's a carnival barker. That's what he is. That's why they use him the way they do. And he's very good at doing that. If you want to say he's good at it, um, he, he obviously knows what he's doing in that. So I made mention of the fact, and I got a little ahead of myself on the issue of the, um, uh, you know, 
trans delusional stuff. And, and I didn't mean to get that far ahead. Um, but there are several things and I was opening up things and then I had to sort rumble out there. So I missed getting a few things that I needed to get, but I, I wanted to see, and, and I'd done a little bit of reading on this. I, I really didn't know. Um, a lot wasn't one of my things I was really interested in, but you remember years ago, I think it was in Oklahoma. There was this satanic temple or something in New York or somewhere up north. And they um, wanted to put a statue. Now, they called it a statue of Satan. It was, it was Baphomet. All right? Most of us are familiar with that imagery. Uh, the, <laughs> it's a trans something. It's, a, it's an amalgamation of all kinds of things. A goat's head. Uh, got the body that looks like a man, has breasts like a woman, has the genitalia of man and woman, um, has two different kids. Um, you know, there. Some of you see it uh, if you're watching the video platforms. You've seen some of this um, as to how it's portrayed, and there is another one. I was going to pull this up for those who are in the viewing audience. This is this is what he is. This is what he's doing. And he's kind of got his, you know, hands, one's kind of pointing up, the other one's pointing down. Uh, and then he, he has his goat's feet. And then he is, of course, he has the two serpents and the staff here uh, running up through the middle, sort of the symbol that we see for um, medicine and such. Okay. Um, and, and it's all there. All right. Um, native... What are you talking about? Satan didn't use porn to lure Eve. He, he seduced her with his words to violate the law of God that was given at that time. And that was don't eat of that tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that. It had nothing to do with any of that stuff. I hear people saying that, that, that Eve had sex with um, the serpent and it produced Cain. Did anybody read Genesis 4.1? It refutes the lies that you're telling. Oh my goodness. I don't know why people can't read and why they listen to people who say that stuff. Anyway, just saying, I, I, don't, I don't understand why that is the case. Anyway, this, um, this Baphomet that's been established, you'll recognize again the, the goat's head, and you often see that goat's head inside the pentagram with the circle around it. Uh, the beard goes down into the bottom part of the pentagram. The ears are out into the side pieces, and then the ones going up is where the horns go. So that is the symbolism that's carried there, and that's often portrayed by Satanists as the one they said they worship. But really, let me tell you what practical Satanism is. You ready for this? Practical Satanism is exactly what Eve did. Speaking of Eve... She, in essence, worshipped herself. She said, I don't need God's law. The Bible says that she looked at the, the, the fruit after engaging the serpent in conversation and being seduced by him. And the seduction was so she would violate what God had said. She ate of the fruit. Why? She saw it was good for food. She thought it would make one wise. She thought she would be as God. And what is God? What is that? What is that title? It's not his name. His name is Yahweh, the I Am. 
What is that? He is the lawgiver. She said, I'll make my own law. Thank you very much. And we see that all throughout scripture that when people depart from God, what do they do? They do what is right in their own eyes. They become their own lawgiver. And they'll tell you not to judge them, but they'll turn right around and judge you. And this is exactly what goes on in the trans community. This is exactly, yes, lust of the eyes. You're exactly right, Native. Okay, good. Just want to make sure we're clear there. <laughs> that was. But there are people who say that about, you know, the serpent somehow producing Cain. And the Bible's very clear. Uh, Genesis 4, Adam knew his wife and she conceived and they had a son and his name was Cain. Genesis 4.1, it's pretty clear. And you hear anybody talk about that, just open that up and say, okay, please explain this. Okay. So Baphomet. So I did, I, I did a little reading on this. I found some very interesting stuff. And you're going to find out this has obviously religious connotations to it. Uh, but this also is the backdrop for this whole transdelusional stuff. It's, it, this really is the backdrop for... The whole transdelusional stuff. So here's some of the things that uh, that I discovered about this, and we're going to get into some of this as to what the scripture says. By the way, all this that we're seeing from uh, the, the the political thing, I'm going to move my mic up here so I can read read my screen a little bit better. But uh, what what goes on with that we're seeing in the political arena? Okay, everybody thinks this is so serious. It, it, it's it's a distraction from all that's going on, the important stuff. This is co completely about Donald Trump here. Now, do I think it's odd the guy waits seven years to do this? Oh, we have new information. Okay, what's that new information that you had versus the feds or or, or the, the other district attorney who was in there before him? Nothing. So we come to the issue of Baphomet. And the things that I read... Are, are pretty interesting. Baphomet, and this guy uh, goes by the name of Lando, not Lan like, like the guy from Empire Strikes Back, you know, Lando Calrissian, except it's Lan and Doe. Lan, D-O-U-G-H. I guess that's supposed to be a funny. Anyway, uh, this guy is, um, he is a writer for Biblical Antiquities at academia.edu. Here's some of the things that he points out about Baphomet. He says, that obviously, the Bible doesn't say anything about Baphomet in terms of the name. And I, I think that's true. Is the it's the name of a false god associated in times past with the Knights Templar. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. You, you might have been thinking the Knights Templar were the good guys, especially if you watched uh, one of those... National treasure films. You'd think the Knights Templar are these great guys. Of course, you'd also probably think the um, the Freemasons are as well, and uh, a number of other people. Abraham Lincoln. You would think he's the greatest president if you watch the second one, because that's what they that's the message they put out there. But he's associated with the uh, Knights Templar, and today with Satanism and the occult. Modern representations of Baphomet picture it with a goat's head on a human body with both male and female traits. Between the goat's horns is a torch, and the image often includes a pentagram. The origin of Baphomet worship is subject to much debate. Even the origins of the word Baphomet are unknown. Some believe it is a French corruption of Muhammad or Muhammad. Others believe it to be a code from Kabbalah, meaning 
quote, the father of the temple of peace of all men, or the Arabic word for the father of understanding, or finally, the Jewish Atbash cipher as applied to Sophia, the Greek goddess of wisdom. He goes on. However, its name came to be Baphomet, apparently arrived in Europe, and the Knights Templar upon their return to France from the Crusades. In the early 1300s, the inquisitors of King Philip IV accused the Knights of discovering and worshipping the foreign god Baphomet during the war. Some Knights did confess, but only under torture. And the convicted gave different accounts of the idol's form. It had one face. It had three faces. It was just a human skull. It looked like a cat. Worshipping an image of an animal or man presumed to be Muhammad. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Knights Templar. Uh, I'm sure uh, Mr. Wordsworth can chime in on this. Knights Templar. Tied right back there to Rome, right? And here they are worshiping this image, which we're commanded not to do. That's the second commandment. You shall not make any carved images of anything, of any likeness of anything that is in heaven, uh, that is in heaven above, that is in the earth beneath, or is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting, listen guys, if you do that, he visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. They don't love God. They hate him by doing that. But he shows mercy to thousands, to those who love him and keep his commandments, of which one of them says, don't make idols, don't worship them. Okay? But it, he goes on, he said, it would match the misinformed beliefs about Islam found in France at the time. In addition, there is no mention of Baphomet in Templar literature. Attempts have also been made to link Baphomet to Freemasonry, but these accusations are either inclusive or complete fabrications. He goes on and he says, the modern representation of Baphomet originated in 1861 with the French occultist Eliphas Levi. You know, France has turned over a lot of just weird stuff, haven't they? I mean, I don't know if you guys have looked at the history of how Lady Liberty was created. She used a prostitute to create it. This is why when you'll see the, the Liberty picture, you've got the bare-breasted woman leading the people. Now, France had a very weird sense of liberty, but then that was the difference between them and their revolution and our war for independence. There was, there was just a, a tremendous difference there. Um, the French occultist Eliphas Levi, uh, by the way, his name is on the bottom of some of the drawings. Here's one of them right here. Here's his, this is his name, Eliphas Levi, right here uh, with one of the Baphomet pictures. Okay. So with that said, one of the things that this guy goes on uh, to point out is uh, he drew an image of the Sabbatic goat of Baphomet of Mendez. In his book, oh, this is a bunch of uh, Latin, Dogmas and Rituals of High Magic. That's the uh, English interpretation. Levi's image is a hermaphroditic figure sitting cross-legged with the head of a goat. The figure contains several opposites, one male arm, one female women's breasts, but a caduceus phallic symbol, one arm pointed up, 
at the white moon, the other pointed down at a dark moon, the contrasts were to symbolize conflicting forces in the universe that must be balanced to make true light. Now stop and think about that. Now what does the Bible say about light and darkness? What contrasts it? It contrasts it. We were talking this past Sunday at church uh, about Matthew, which one were we in? Six, seven, uh, in there where Jesus talks about the light being the lamp of the body. And if that light in your body is full of darkness, how great is that darkness? In other words, if it's without the light of Christ, if it's without the light of the law that he has given, and remember, this, the scripture tells us if they don't speak according to the law and the prophets, there is no what in them? There's no light in them. Light is a reference to the law of God. It's to seeing clearly what is right and wrong. And Jesus says, if you don't have that and you think you have light, you have a great darkness in you. And John says that in God, there is no darkness because he is light. Jesus said that he was the light of the world. And he said his followers were to be the light of the world as well. There were to be a city set upon a hill. And so the terms of light and darkness have a lot to do with what is right, what is wrong, what is holy, and what is defiled. So the writer goes on here and he says, after you've got one uh, arm pointed at the white moon, the other pointed down at the dark moon, and this contrast of forces that need to be brought in balance, I mean, it sounds very much like the yin and the yang, doesn't it? He meant to combine several icons, the Templar figure, Satan, the fertility goat god of Mendez, Egypt, and the goat that witches supposedly worshipped at their Sabbaths or pagan holidays. Funny, all of that's darkness, isn't it? All of that's darkness. How are you balancing it out, light and dark? You're not. You have great darkness if you buy into any of this. That's, that's the whole point. You have great darkness. So he goes on. I'm going to give you a couple, a little bit more history. I'm going to have this up so you can read it for yourself. And if you want to go in and, and deal a little more, I'm sure this guy is not uh, conclusive in all of this, but um, there, there's a lot of information here. It's, it's very, it's very helpful if you understand what it is, then what you understand that's coming out in the sodomite community, in the transdelusional community, and all of this other is listen, listen very carefully. It is a religion. It is a religion. It is practical Satanism, or as I like to put it, it is the worship of man. It's man worshiping himself. And if you read Romans 1, this is exactly why God does what he does in turning those people over. I watched a video the other day. I think it, I might have caught it on Bradley's show. Some, you guys have to understand, I'm not necessarily sitting in there all the time. If I do hear it, usually I'm, I'm out somewhere and it's on the radio or something like that. Um, but he played this, this preacher. And because I was fixing to pull, try to pull that up, and I didn't get a chance to do it. But he prayed this, played this preacher or whatever. He, he's one of these little feminine dudes. He's got a... I don't know, one of those rainbow, I don't even know what they call those little things. Uh, he's, you know, it's, they drag, they drape them around their neck and they got the rainbow colors or whatever on them, all right? And this guy tries to talk about, you know, um, 
this is trans and all these other kinds of strange people will they're they're part of they're part of the kingdom of God too. They're part of God's children. And he's telling all this stuff and you're just kind of sitting here going what in the world? What in the world? That guy's again <laughs> how great is the darkness in that guy? I mean, they're not just taking scripture and twisting it. This guy didn't even use scripture. He's just blathering so in fact he reminds me of the guy remember the guy um forget what how he named himself anyway he's supposed to be a preacher and he dresses in drag to do his thing and he does that and he's just talking off the top of his head he's, he's not he's not going to scripture and if he does go to scripture he's twisting it he's a false teacher and anybody that tells you that this stuff is okay is a false teacher so let's go back to this. This one's interesting too. The goat-like appearance of Baphomet also resembles Pan. Now, most of us, when we were, I confess, when I was growing up, you know, my mom took me to see Peter Pan. Seeing that. Peter Pan is the derivative of this. Pan, the little god with his goat feet. His little elf ears and all this other stuff. Yeah, Baphomet is tied to Pan, Puck, and the Celtic Cernunnos. I hope I pronounced that correctly. C-E-R-N-U-N-N-O-S if you want to look it up. This guy Levi claimed the name Baphomet came from reading the Latin abbreviation for the father of the temple of universal peace among men backwards. Of course, um, he's also got some things that are written on his arms, uh, solve collagulate, uh, one on one of those words on each of the arms. Um, also, there's just a couple. Well, there's just a couple more things. So let me go ahead and read these. And then what I want to do is I want to go over to scripture and, and take a look at what the scriptures say about some of these things. In 1897, uh, this guy by the name of Stanislas de Goita. I hope I pronounced that correctly, adapted the head of Levi's sabbatic goat to fit inside a pentagram. This is what I was talking about before. This guy's version of Baphomet included an upside-down five-pointed star surrounded by two circles. And between the circles are five Hebrew letters, one on each point of the star, spelling the Hebrew word for Leviathan. Around the arms of the star on the top of the name, uh, Samael, the angel of death in Talmudic lore, and on the bottom, Lilith, a female demon who was Adam's first wife, according to pagan beliefs. 1969, Anton LaVey adopted the pentagram goat for his church of Satan and definitively identified it with Baphomet. Aleister Crowley, you may have heard of that guy, the occultist, the magician, you know, Mr. 666 himself, the occultic a magician of the late 19th to mid-20th century interpreted Baphomet as the divine androgyny. Crowley rejected the concepts of the biblical God and Satan and followed the Gnostic teaching that Satan brought wisdom to mankind. That old lie of the serpent in the garden. Baphomet was a symbol and represented life, love, and light. And with the addition of the zodiac sign Capricorn the goat, liberty is added. And by the way, Crowley was the one who promoted, you know, really the satanic... Uh, mantra, do what thou will, will be the whole of the law. In other words, do whatever's right in your own eyes. 
That's practical Satanism. Let me ask you something. How many people in the churches today, in Christian churches, they'll tell you that they love Jesus, but practically they're Satanists? Stop and think about that for a second. They are practical Satanists because they do not do what the Lord commands. And those people will find themselves on Judgment Day before Christ, and he'll be saying, Depart from me. I never knew you. You who what? Practice lawlessness. You practice lawlessness. You do what's right in your own eyes. How many of you out there listening to me, if you're honest with yourself, that's what you're engaged in? Got a message for you coming up. Just hang on. That's sinful. And you're on a path of destruction that you need to get off of. We'll talk about that in a second. This is the final thing. He says, The myth of Baphomet has grown over the last few centuries via occult symbolism and numerology. Christians should obviously avoid the use of Baphomet. The ideas it represents are patently unbiblical. I totally agree. It is the Lord alone who gives wisdom, Proverbs 2, 6. And to seek for wisdom and enlightenment from a source other than God is to be led astray. Zechariah 10, 2. The idols speak deceitfully. Diviners see visions that lie. They tell dreams that are false. We should have nothing to do with Baphomet or other blatantly occult icons. As Joshua told the Israelites who were inheriting the land of Canaan in Joshua 23, 7, do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. He's reiterating the second commandment. Simple. It's, it's very simple, very straightforward. One of, the, um, one of the things that happens in all of this is I, I was also reading a, an article, and they mentioned Crosswalk.com, and this was about Baphomet as well. And they were talking about the imagery of goats in the Scripture. And sure, that's, they, they, do have, they do have imagery of goats, no question about that. But if you recall... In the Old Testament, they had um, the Day of Atonement. And what did they do? They took two goats, and they brought them for the priest, and the priest put his hands on the one goat and, you know, metaphorically, if you will, transferred the sins of the people. It's, this is the, so supposed to be the picture from the one goat's head to the other goat's head. The one they transferred it from, they cut its throat. And they took the one that they transferred the sins to, and they sent it out into the desert. Now, the person at Crosswalk says, well, this goat is a symbol of Satan. I mean, this is like people reading Daniel chapter 9, the 70 weeks, and saying the things apply to Christ apply to Antichrist. Nonsense. Uh, did Satan take away your sins? Christian? Did Satan die for your sins? Was he even part of the, the other goat that's a picture there? No. How do I know this? We go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and this is what we see. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, not Satan, and hath given us to us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation of what? Man and God. How are they reconciled? Through the death of Christ. 
to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So he did the actual work of reconciliation. We're the messengers from the king, the ambassadors from the king, to the people of the world to say, be reconciled unto God. Well, how shall we be reconciled? Or as they said on the day of Pentecost, where Peter stood up and he preached and they were pricked to the heart, what must we do to be saved? Repent. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus and obey him. Follow hard after him. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, see? As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, and watch this, for he, that's God, hath made him, that's Jesus, that's who he's talking about, the Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that's the Christ, he knew no sin, we've known sin all of our life because we are sinners, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, or in Christ. Let me read that again. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. Jesus had the sins of the world put on him, and God judged him at the cross, or he judged that sin at the cross in the body of Jesus on the behalf of sinners for whom he died. And I want to ask you something. When Jesus said to Telestai, it is finished, it is paid in full, is there anything le left to pay for? Rome would have you believe that. That's why they want to do, that's why they want to keep purgatory going. That's why they want to keep indulgences going and all this other kind of stuff so they can rob you of your money. They're false teachers. Read 2 Peter chapter 2. They're only known for their perversions of, of, of a sexual nature, which Peter talks about there, but they love money. They built the Vatican over that. The, the, the St. Peter's Cathedral, they built it off uh, from the money of the peasants of Europe. And boy, if you want to see a stark contrast, if you're Roman Catholic, I want you to listen to something. Jesus didn't even have a place to stay. Son of man, you know, you've got all this stuff. Son of man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. Foxes have holes, birds have nests. Son of man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. But the guy who says he's in the place of Christ, the vicar of Christ, he lives in a mansion, 1,100 rooms, got thousands of servants, hundreds of servants. He's, he's basically an emperor. If you want to see an empire, don't just look at America. Look at what they produce. I read you that passage out of that book the other day by Mr. Morse, and he was talking about how it breaks down to the priests and the cardinals as ambassadors and and the, the archbishops and all this other stuff, how, how there's literally a religious and political empire that comes out of Rome. In incredible. But here we have some people talking about Baphomet and saying the goats are really a picture of Satan. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I don't get it. 
Because the Bible says that Jesus is the one who has taken our sins and cast them as far away as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered, never to be brought up against us anymore. By the way, for those of you living today, were your sins all in the future? Yep, every one of them when Christ died for them. He has paid for your sin. Doesn't allow you to just go on in it. But he's paid for those sins. Now, real quickly, that was just the last part. How does this tie in with all this? Well, if you look at the people, some of the people who have pushed Baphomet, who have put that in, and you understand the character of the idol, you'll see that it's this amalgamation of male and female. It's kind of like the yin and the yang, or the yin and the yang, right? It's, it's this light and darkness. Melded together. And this is exactly what you see in the trans delusionals and those who exploit them because they are being exploited. That doesn't mean that they're not responsible for their own sin. But exploited men are usually men who what? Have engaged in some kind of behavior by which they can be exploited. Doesn't alleviate them from their 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 sin and their vileness. So, what does Scripture teach us? Well, we've we've quoted this many times. This is out of Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man; neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord, thy God. Now, I don't think that the idea is that. Some woman put on a pair of pants. Some people used to have an issue with that years ago. I don't think that's what's going on. I think the idea is is that you're putting up you're you're dressing in such a fashion as to look like a member of the opposite sex. And I'm I'm going to try to make that point here uh, in just a second because, and I can play you all these videos. Do you know this little kid? What was his name? Desmond is amazing or awesome or whatever he was. Uh, he was like nine years old. I mean, gosh, this just seems like it was last year or something when we played that. But he was like on ABC. They had dressed him up in a little dress and and had him dancing on the stage there for ABC, whatever the news was that they were reporting. And then we saw him with two men and the little kid just, he. It makes me mad that adults would do this to a child. He's sitting there, and they mention some kind of drug, and the kid just looks like he's out of it. And there's no doubt in my mind that the men who are sitting there with him, along with others, are abusing this little boy. There's no doubt in my mind that's what they're doing. And just the other day, I got a video that came out, came by, and this little kid, I think I might can bring it up on here if I didn't dump it. I, I kind of, I kind of said, "Yeah, do I want to even put that out?" Um, because I, I just, I don't know that it's helpful. I mean, maybe for some people, it's helpful for them to see it to know this is really going on. It isn't just me saying it. But this little guy is like 15 now, and they had him done up in a some kind of leather outfit, short skirt thing with boots, and he ha- it looks like he has some kind of cornrows or something going on with his hair or something. And he's up there dancing in front of adult men. Again, 
And he was the same one that was up there. Remember, it, it gained national news that he's dancing and they were giving him money to dance in this uh, adult sodomite club. I want to ask, and that was in New York. I want to ask you, New York cops, is that part of what your law allows? Were you arresting these people for bringing this boy in there and for doing what he was doing? Your disgrace for what you say you stand for. Shame on you. And shame on for, well, I mean, I can't really say shame on a lot of people in that issue because a lot of people probably didn't even know what was going on. But the cops should have known it. And they should have done something about it, but they didn't. So one of the things is, and let me show you, this is not anything new. I mean, I, I really don't see this as anything new. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We may go over just a little bit. I tried to get it in in this part, but, but I want you to understand that this does have religious implications. As I said before, all of this is tied to religion. And our, our Constitution is very clear. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. They're not supposed to establish a state religion, and yet they've been doing it for decades. What, Tim? What are you talking about? That public school that you send your little ones to? That's their churches. Their textbooks are their Bibles. Their teachers are the preachers of their religion, a world without God. And they've been slowly and incrementally removing God from anything and everything mentioned in the public indoctrination centers we call public schools. And what are they pressing? Are they not pressing this religion of Baphomet in the schools? Is that not what they're doing? Are they not teaching little boys? No, you can be a little girl if you want to do that. And little girls, if you want to be a little boy, you can do that. And they teach them the sorcery of the convids and of the shots, the vaccines, right? Fraudulently called vaccines. They teach them the evolution that comes from nothing. Just nature, just Mother Nature, be in harmony with nature. This is what they're teaching. They're teaching another religion there. Hang on, I'm going to go through 1 Corinthians 11 here. Uh, so if you want to pick that up, sonsoflibertymedia.com or beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. Try not to keep you too long, but uh, just want to get that out there. Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Talk to you in the morning at 6 a.m., Lord willing. All right, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And guys, thank you for hanging with me um, for this time here. And let me move a window around here. I don't know how it got off uh, from what I was what I was doing there. This is 1 Corinthians 11. Okay? I just want to read the passage here, and I want you to stop. Whatever you've been taught about 1 Corinthians 11, I want you to see something in here to which I don't think any of this, you know, uh, we, we used to just call them transvestites. They, they like to dress up like women, right? None of this stuff is new. This is 1 Corinthians 11. It says this. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances 
as I deliver them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So he says there's an authority here. There's an authority line. Okay? And if you want to take it instead of looking at it the way the Scripture do it, let's kind of go backwards with it. The top head is God the Father. Under God the Father, in this, in this line here, is Christ. Okay? Under Christ is man. Under man's headship is woman. Now, in the same sense that man and woman are equals, but there is a different aspect to roles that they carry. This is what he's talking about, about their, um, how they line up with one another. The Christ is the same way. The Father didn't come and die for your sins. Jesus, the Son, came and died for your sins. Okay? So the Father is pictured there, and we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that Christ is subduing all his enemies under his feet, and then when all things have been accomplished, he'll deliver the kingdom up to who? The Father, so that God might be all in all. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then he says this. He goes through this thing here. He says, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Paul? And then he says, but every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. What are you talking about, Paul? Covering your head, not covering your head. What's the deal here? He tells you, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. Okay, so right there we get an idea of what's going on when he's talking about this. He's talking about it because Corinth was so corrupt. And if you understand the worship they had there, I believe Diana was their, their goddess in the area of Corinth. And they did some wicked things in their temple. Uh, they would indulge themselves in wine. They would indulge themselves in food to the point. I mean, they would, they would be utter gluttons. I, I don't know if you've ever had the displeasure of doing that thing that happens on occasion where your eyes are too big for your stomach or bigger than your stomach. <laughs> and you have loaded up the plate because you're really hungry. And you can only eat about half of it and you feel bad that you're, you don't want to waste the food. So you go ahead and eat it anyway and you get the bellyache and you might even get sick and throw up. Well, in essence, that's gluttony. That's what it is. And they would go into the temple and they would indulge in this stuff. And they had a big pit that they would get sick in. They would throw up in this pit and then go right back and they'd drink some more and they'd eat some more. I don't even know how you endure that because yeah, I, I just don't know how you do it. Anyway, that's not all they did. They had prostitutes in the temple. And among the prostitutes, they would have men who did themselves up like women. They fixed their hair up like women. They wore women's clothing. And they had women that dressed themselves up like men. Do you follow me? Doesn't sound too different than today, does it? And this was all in the worship of the goddess there in Corinth. So, he's clearly talking about what's on our head, how we're presenting ourselves. 
He, and by the way, he'll go on to talk about long hair. We'll make mention of that in a minute. He is not talking about this. He is talking about doing it up like the people. If you're, if you're on the video platform there and you refresh the page, you'll see these men who have put the makeup on. They've done the wigs and all this. Some of them, I don't know. None of these do it. There's, look, there's a couple of guys who can pull some stuff off, especially if it's at a certain angle. But most of these guys look like men putting this on. That's what they look like. So they're doing the same thing. They're doing the same thing there. And I can show you later on some of the people who came out of that became Christians. So let's go back to the passage. He says, but every woman, uh, it says, for she is as of one that were shaven. In other words, it's like she cut her hair short or she shaved her head bald. For the man... He's done his hair up like a woman. And he says, For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. So you see what they're doing. They're effeminizing the men in the direct contrast of nature and of what nature's God created. That's what they're doing. They're trying to twist that. They're trying to stand it on its head and say it's okay. And it's not. The Apostle Paul says it's not, and he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. For the man is not of the woman. Remember, man's created out of the dust of the earth. He's called the son of God, Adam. But the woman of man, she came from man. God took woman out of the side of man and brought him to and brought her to him. Again, that goes back to the fact that we have male and female created he them, not male and male, not female and female. And why was that? Because they were the only two people on the earth, and he gave a direct command, right? Be fruitful and multiply. How do you do that if there's two men? How do you do that if there's two women? You can't. You're incapable of doing that. It is impossible to fulfill the commands of God. So that's why he created them male and female. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Some people will say, well, it's because the angels were looking on, on the, uh, the women there in Genesis 6, and we've already been over this before. They'll say he's looking on that so as to kind of cover them, cover up their beauty. Look, I get some of, the, I get some of even the, the understanding of that. Because since I'm a man, I know what this is like. Why are men attracted to women? Because they're beautiful, right? I mean, that's the way God has created them to be seen by the men so that the men become attracted and they say, hey, you know, I'd like to get to know this, this lady, whatever the case may be, and see whether or not she has the character that goes along with the outward beauty, right? So he says they do this for the angels. Verse 11, nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man and the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. Judging yourselves, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Now keep that in mind a second. And then he says this, 
Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. And then he says this, But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. He says, we don't engage in this stuff. Women looking like men. Men looking like women. We don't do that. And by the way, this term long hair, just, just so we're clear here, it's the only place where it shows up in the Bible. And again, I think it has nothing to do with the length of the hair as to how it's done, because we see the contrast Paul gives later on uh, to Timothy and such when he talks about uh, the women not adorning their hair with jewels and uh, uh, you know costly things and this, that, and the other, but to focus on the gentle and quiet spirit of the heart. That's what he tells them to do. And keep this in mind about the hair issue. Just to go a step further in the presentation of what's going on here in Corinth. They were gender-bending there. There's no question that they were gender-bending. That's what they were doing. And he wants to help them understand their roles, and their roles are not only manifest in what, they, in what they're doing as far as day-to-day -day life, but even in how they're presenting themselves. If long hair is something unnatural, why did the Scripture make it part of the Nazarite vow? Was Samuel somehow acting unnatural? He took it. What about John the Baptist? What about Samson? In fact, Samson, he lost his strength because of what? He cut his hair. Or they came in and cut his hair. I presented this to one guy. He sent me some article he wanted posted. Um, and it was on long hair and how it was you know, wrong for a man to have long hair. I read it. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So I sent him a message. I said, well... Is Samuel or John the Baptist or Samson or anybody that took the Nazarite vow, were those guys acting unnaturally? No, that was for a time and this, that, and the other. And I just said this. I, here's what I said. I said, you are giving an argument to the Sodomites when you say that. Because somehow it's okay at one time for men to have long hair, even though you're saying it's unnatural, which means it would be against nature and it would be against God. Why? Because God's the one who created nature. He created the laws of nature. He instituted those. And I said, you're opening it up for the Sodomites to say the same thing. Well, yeah, it was bad in the Old Testament. God condemned it. And of course, they don't even want to submit to that. But now in the New Testament, we can do this. Jesus didn't say anything about sodomy or lesbianism. He didn't say anything. Yeah, he did. He was pretty clear. He was pretty clear. In fact, he was the one who gave the law in the Old Testament. Just so those people understand, he's the one who gave the law. Okay? So there will be people who will try to take and do those kinds of things. But one of the things that you will find uh, from this is this. And we've quoted this before, but just so you understand, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, same book, just before he writes this, because this isn't what I just read to you is 1 Corinthians 11. What do we find here? Know ye not, 1 Corinthians 6, verse, 6, verse 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Listen, friend. Don't be deceived. I'm saved, Tim, but 
I'm living with my girlfriend. I'm safe to him, but I'm messing around with another man's wife or another man's hu- or another woman's husband. I'm safe to him, but I commit sodomy. I'm, I'm engaged in lesbianism. I'm safe to him, but I'm uh, a drunkard. I, I, I'm safe to him, but I, I do all these other things. The Bible says, be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's the effeminate men, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, that really is what a sodomite is. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Let me say it again. I'm highlight these right here. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Before we carry on, let me just let me just point this out. I've had people come to me and they said, "Well, I'm engaged in these things all the time." The, I said, "Is this the practice of your life? Did you did you fall into a sin somewhere, and you are you're convicted of it, and you need to repent of it?" That's one thing. Is this the pattern of your life? This is what you're living because you then have to sit down and you have to ask yourself this question. Here it comes. You ready? You're either a Christian. Or you're a fornicator. But you can't be both. You're either a Christian or you're an idolater. You're either a Christian or you're an adulterer. You're either a Christian or you're an effeminate. You're either a Christian or you're an abuser of yourself with mankind, a sodomite. You're either a Christian or you're a thief. You're either a Christian or you're covetous. You're either a Christian or you're a drunkard. You're either a Christian or you're a reviler. You're either a Christian or you're an extortioner. You can't be both. You can't be both. And then he says this, and and just to prove the point, it's right here in the context. Look at what he says. And such were some of you. Such were some of you. Some of you in the congregation of Corinth, you were fornicators. You were idolaters, adulterers, effeminate. You were abusers of yourselves with mankind. You were thieves. You were covetous. You were drunkards. You were revilers. You were extortioners. You were that, but you are washed. You are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hmm. Such were some of you. Not such are you, and it's okay that you're this way. No, no, no. He says such were some of you. But you've been washed. You've been sanctified. That means you've been set apart. You've been made holy. That's what the word holy means. You're set apart. But you're justified. I'm not going to take a long time to get into all the big terminology, but this is what it means. To be justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
When we go back into the argument that Paul gives in the book of Romans, who does he point to? He points to Abraham. And he said, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. And he goes on and he said, he was justified by faith. Now, is that some kind of, does, does faith not have any object that it has its faith in? No, it's, it's not, and it's not blind faith. Abraham heard the promise of God. He believed it. And what happened? God said, you are just, I'm counting you as righteous. Now, what was that righteousness based on? Was it based on Abraham? Or was it based on the work of Christ, the promise that God gave to Abraham? Because if you read the book of Galatians, he says all the nations are going to be blessed through your seed. And in that argument that Paul gives in Galatians, he said the seed was not Isaac, although he was a promised child. The seed was Christ. Let me tell you something, friends. No man in the Old Testament was saved by sacrifices. He wasn't saved out of his obedience. He wasn't, because all of them were sinners. We read that yesterday out of Romans chapter 3. They were all in need of a Savior, and they were all saved the same way, by grace, through faith, and the promise of God. Nobody's saved any different than anybody else. It's all by grace, or it's nothing and you're still dead in your sins. Which one are you, friend? Are you still continuing in fornication, idolaters, being an idolatry, adultery, effeminate? Use it. We can go down the list again. And there's other lists. Is that what you're engaged in? Or have you been changed? Has God declared you righteous by the righteousness of Christ? That's the real issue here. And what we're seeing is, is we have a nation uh, like the psalmist is say, who thinks they are clean from their sin, but they're still in their filthiness. And the wrath of God is coming. The judgments of, our all, of God are all around us. And they're going to get worse. Leviticus 26, seven times more, if the people don't hearken and repent. And we just let it go on. Uh, Bradley had a video he sent over um, this guy, and to make it even worse, not only did he do his drag thing, but he had a beard, which makes it even just more abominable. And that word means disgusting, so it makes it even more disgusting. And he's dancing around and gyrating in front of all of these people at the Minnesota State Capitol, inside the Capitol. We're the men who gather and say, we're not putting up with this. You guys got to get out. I'm going to tell you, God, men, 100, even 100 years ago, would have stood up and said, no, nah, we're not having any of this stuff. Of course, they weren't having it. Well, I'm not going to say they weren't having it. There's always been depravity among men. Even the best societies have had them because they have men. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is. But we're the men to stand up and say, nope, you're not doing that here. Get out. And we'll face off with the cops or the politicians or whoever to get the abomination out of the midst of where men are supposed to be the ministers of God in that, in administering the law. 
punishing the evildoer, justifying the righteous, Romans 13. We're the men who will stand up and do that in this country. Oh, boy. Have we been weakened? Have we been weakened? And we're suffering for it. And our children are suffering for it and are going to suffer for it unless we put a stop to it. And in this country, unlike others, we're supposed to be the governing body, the people. And the most we can come up with is signs and protest rallies. What is going on with us? We've got to get back into the assembly that takes place in the public square and start giving the word of God and calling those who are, who are supposed to be ministers of God in civil government, calling them back to what the Lord said they should be engaged in, not what they shouldn't be engaged in. And the judgments are going to continue to come until we do that, until we're repentant. And we start elevating God in the civil sphere as well as in the ecclesiastical sphere among those who name the name of Christ. Again, many of our churches have been infiltrated with this nonsense, this, these abominations, and open sins, and they're justified. They're justified by, quote-unquote, preachers. I'm going to say they're some of uh, Satan's ministers disguising themselves as angels of light. In fact, some of them aren't even disguising themselves as that. They're just as vile and filthy as the people they're leading straight to hell. Keep that in mind. Uh, and I do think this all ties in, even with the political sphere. What we're facing in, in politics, I mean, the Bible talks about uh, God taking the rulers, if you will, and causing them to be in a stupor. That's part of God's judgment, too. That they can't even think clearly. What are Christians to do in this time? We're to be those who uphold the banner of righteousness, right? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. We're to be carrying that banner. Our appeal is to heaven. And our appeal to men is to be reconciled back unto God. Just what we read from Paul. Be reconciled unto God. I hope you're reconciled. If not, do you want mercy from the king? Does, are, are your, is your heart pricked today from any of the things that's been said? And you're going, well, what do I got to do? Repent. Do you want mercy from God for your sin? Do you want to leave it behind? Cry out for mercy and you'll have it. You'll have it. God is a, is a God who's rich in mercy, but he's a holy God, and you got to come to him on his terms. I pray that if he has pricked your heart today, that you will not harden it, but you'll submit it to him. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and Lord willing, we'll see you back here in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. See you.